with their hearts and not their their brains you know what i'm talking about absolutely man back when it used to mean something man <laughs> it was just something you did because it was in your gut back back when i was growing up man back when i, back wow. when I was growing up man back when i was growing up man you only did off tourism because you know you saw you saw some french guys doing it <laughs> saw the french guys doing it you said <laughs> Welcome to extended clip, the after hours feed. <laughs> wow, that was a that was one of your best on mic performances right there. That was so high energy. I have, that was crazy. I have no idea what that impression was, but I like it. It's great energy. Like I could character. I, I could have oh, yeah. called out a ton of different types of accent or style of voice. I feel but, yeah. Every every time like something really good happens on this podcast, like the next minute as us being like god damn that was good as fuck we finally, finally got some gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, finally something good happening this podcast doesn't suck <laughs> speaking of things that don't suck johnny toe is one of them um, absolutely especially when he makes movies with his buddy because it's just like this podcast you come together with your buddies and you make something even better yeah. this one you know one of his buddies is Andy Lau. You know, he's been in some great Johnny Toe movies, but really the buddy is YK Fi. Is that how you would pronounce his name? YK Fi? Personally, that's how I would. Okay. Uh, a co director on this one, co screenwriter. Uh, he is also one of the founders of Milky Way, the production company. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're, they're OG collabs. Like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, there, there's a distinction to be made between the Y movies and Johnny Toe by himself and some other people he co-directed with. Um, I'm not the person to make that distinction. You know, I've seen like a dozen Johnny Toe movies and I still can't quite make the distinction because mm -hmm. something like running on karma, like breaks what I thought the distinction was, Yeah, you know, yeah, totally. but I'm just going to keep rolling with it. I'm just going to keep learning new aspects about my guy, Johnny. And his mm -hmm. friends every time out with one of these movies. I mean, you're talking friendship, right? You know, you're talking loud to all, you know, everyone's getting together. I mean, this is definitely the type of movie you could make in, you know, with an environment, a friendly environment <clears throat> and probably would. I don't know. Maybe you couldn't even make it with people who are like, you know, come on, we need to get, you know, it done by this or what it seemed. I mean, possibly, of course, you could. But it's just like. There's something very well, the, time, the time alone to get into those fat suits. <laughs> I imagine yeah. you got to have to have some wiggle room there. We are talking yeah. about Love on a Diet, mm -hmm. the 2001 film. No, and it's just like it's so absurd that yeah, you know, it's like uh, if you don't have a friendship with with the people making it, it's just that'd just be crazy to me to conceptualize. You know, if you're keeping it too like you're putting on a fat suit and you're spazzing out. And then you keep it professional afterwards. I mean, I guess I guess that's the job, but it's, it's just hard for me to imagine. That is the job. <laughs> and it's hard for me to imagine. These actors, they're so talented. <laughs> so you have Sammy Chang and Andy Lau in fat suits, both beautiful human beings <laughs> with and without the suits. Um, you just see it right away, and it's like, you know, it, in my opinion, at least, this movie kind of takes a while to get going. The plot mm -hmm. mechanics, like I was almost doubting it a little, but I was like on the verge of tears toward the end shocking mm -hmm. i was like bowled over by this movie kind of um but 
in the first half of it, I was kind of just examining the fat suits uh, <laughs> because on a visual level, it's not as stylish as a lot of other Johnny Toe movies. Mm -hmm. It's in the full widescreen rather than the scope frame, you know, and there, there's some very slick Johnny Toe movies that aren't in scope, but this one feels a little more grounded, almost like a, a heightened sitcom visual. It's not like Don't Go Breaking My Heart where his cinemascope exploration of space is contributing to a rom-com thing. This mm -hmm. is more of like a set in its ways goofy fat suit rom-com but after it finds its groove it's pretty fucking good yeah <laughs> it's like i love the leisurely pace it takes to it it's just it's a fun movie to hang out with especially like i don't know as you are feeling it out because this is the second time i've watched it mm -hmm. like in the beginning uh, so much of it is just them fucking like gorging themselves <laughs> yeah it's torturous kind of <laughs> yeah it's it's a really I think it's I, that's I think that's a really just funny comedic device. It is like yeah they'll just no matter what they're doing they're always fucking chowing down on some food. You see people wreck some plates here in this movie. <laughs> and also I, I have to say Andy Lau wears the fat suit very well. You know, in he's kind of has a you know, it's very regal about you know like he's very uh I don't know he just wears it well. I, yeah. I can't. So these two fatties from Hong Kong meet up in Japan, uh, and they call each other Fatty and Fatso throughout the movie. Sammy Chang, Minnie, uh, we, we see an early scene of her, you know, fantasizing, you know, going after this famous piano player, and she, she just can't get to him, and she falls over, and uh, it's, you know, pretty funny to see her fall over, and the guy helps her out, and he's like, oh, you know, I had a girlfriend with your name once. And right away you're like, oh no, that's how far she's fallen. And there is a, you know, a flashback to confirm that later, just in case you didn't get the memo. But it's pretty clear from the start that, you know, she she's trying to get back to this man. And Andy Lau kind of takes the role of her her trainer and her guide and her buddy, but it doesn't really actually get into that motion until almost like the midpoint. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it I do have to say, I kind of have an issue with how long it takes this movie to like actually get going. Even if the leisurely play, the leisurely pace does contribute to how just like natural it feels. And that payoff really works in the third act maybe because of that. But the first 40 minutes of this or so were, uh, a little a little testy for me beyond the primal enjoyment of the fat suit <laughs> i mean i think like i don't know that's something for me like where i i definitely i like that aspect of it because even when it gets going it's so low stakes and has sort of that like hangout vibe like when you get introduced to the the crew of yeah. other fat men and cocaine ken <laughs> and just like just all hanging out with them it's like i, I don't know very little actually happens yeah. in this movie other than just sort of a loose quest to uh, uh, lose weight and falling in love in between. But it's fun. Yeah, no, I mean, once the buddies are introduced, it starts picking up. That's the upswing, you know? You get Lamb Suit in there selling buns. Uh, <laughs> he, he's one of the buddies, and they're all fatties together except for Cocaine Ken. He's real thin. He's the only guy who can keep thin. <laughs> No, I mean there is like I yeah I'm kind of agree with you both here like the, I do enjoy the leisurely pace 
of it and but also i did kind of find myself asking like what's going on here like what like <laughs> like is like what's like she's just staying there because she wants to you know like, yeah because they yeah. were at like they were both at a hotel together and then like one of them was running out of money and, and andy Lau's just like well i'll pay for her if you buy all these knives from me <laughs> because he's a traveling knife salesman i guess uh, his home base is this you know street where all of his friends have little pop-up you know tent shops or uh bun stands or you know things of that like uh but yeah they they both take up a room together at this hotel uh that's cheap i guess and andy loud tries to escape and has to like steal his own car because uh minnie is so fat that she ate the car keys (laughs) (laughs) well yeah that's 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 what also like pretty much the before like the friends and the plot kicks in and whatnot and mod of it is just a platform for fat jokes. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, like the the from the very beginning when she's trying to hang herself and just oh, like, I forgot fall. to see. I was I knew I was forgetting that yeah. was insane. But yeah, <laughs> where she like falls in the rope and like can't like there's I mean a lot of humor in like very poor taste, but it's just so like I mean a lot of so that humor does land for and me. Honestly, it's, I know yeah. it's really funny. I I love all of it. Yeah, well, well, just like the scene that scene where like she plans to hang herself, and then it's like I don't know because like you've seen this. I feel like I've seen this type of scene in a movie before. Like a you know the classic fat person tries to kill themselves, but they like break the table and do it wrong or something. And usually the gag would just be that. You know what I mean? But like she's just hanging by her teeth. For yeah. like a, a, for like a day, and it's like this is going on like kind of long, and then it clim- climaxes with like her calling for the neighbors' helps, uh, calling for the neighbors' help, and you know the rope eventually snapping, and her just humiliating herself in front of everyone. I don't know. It was just I kind of like the the weird turns that yeah. set piece takes, and even before Andy Lau like vows to be her trainer. It's like 30 minutes almost of them just like hanging out kind of or 20 minutes maybe mm-hmm. uh, where, yeah, like she's trying to watch her weight and he's just eating and, you know, sh- she's like uh, busting out the Minnie Mouse scale and the Hello Kitty calculator or whatever. <laughs> and uh, it- it's very funny, but it's just like so tortured and it's kind of repetitive, I have to say, until that point where they hear her ex-boyfriend, the pianist, on the radio, just, like, break up with his fiance and be like, yeah, I'd actually r- much rather be with my girlfriend from 10 years ago. <laughs> a decision every man has to make in his life. Yeah. But, um, and we get a great flashback. I mean, yeah. it's very stylish here uh, where Toe takes us through this flashback of uh, her being left. And the fact that it's, like, in Japan with these Hong Kong uh, people and the, this piano player... Uh, going to the U.S. for a very long time, being the reason that they broke up. It it does have that like post millennial, post handover, especially like global kind of all over the place feel that a lot of Hong Kong films do, and the cinematography has that feeling that a lot of early two thousands Hong Kong does that doesn't look that great i have to say like i did, i already said it's not one of tozma's visually stylish the general feel of the cine- cinematography feels kind of plastic almost yeah well the, like, it, the, the, there are a few compositions that i really like yeah there this, i mean like, toe is no yeah. doubt a skilled like fucking master of the frame 
Uh, but, but like, it's not as impressive, in, like consistently. Well, also, there's something in the texture of the image, though, that mm-hmm. I just I, I don't know. Maybe it's the film stock that they were shooting on, or the digital editing as digital editing becomes uh, part of the plot later on. Because pretty, this is shot on 35. Yeah. I'm assuming it just looks very digital. Maybe it's just because it's a shitty DVD rip. You know, maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I watched in HD, but it could be an upscale or whatever. What the fuck. No, yeah, I think yeah, that's also part and part. Like, I don't know, like, like you said, there are, I can think of a few moments where, like, there's some really good framing. Like, I like, there's, like, a scene where uh, Lau and his boys are just kicking around something on the floor. And yeah. you get that, you know, nice upward angle shot. But, like, yeah, I think it's also due to, like, maybe, like, I don't know. There's a lot of scenes where they're just in the room together, too. Yeah, could be and, it's, and it's, like, there's nothing, like, it's definitely uh, performance-based directing there. You know what I mean? It, it definitely... It's not really trying to find interesting ways to, like, shoot that room, I would say. But also on the flip side, there's something, like, when they are just, like, in that empty, barren room just going ham or something. It's just, there's something special about that just because of how desolate that room is that makes, like, the comedy a little bit more severe, which I like. No, I do like when they are getting really attracted to each other later on and they are, like... Uh, you know, resisting temptation by looking the other way, like both looking at a wall in this hotel room that they're sharing. And, you know, uh, Toe's able to mine a lot of uh, physical comedy out of the staging there. Um, And I also think that the actual feel of the cinematography does improve later on in the film when you get more scenes at night, when it usually has this blue wash over it. And also when he sends her to this like workout spa or something to get the finishing touch on her diet uh, to lose the weight, he's supporting her by being a street fighting punching bag. And there's all these beautiful scenes of at night, not with that blue filter, just like really well lit nighttime scenes of him getting beat up by strangers. And that that's probably my favorite stuff in the movie. It's so just passionate, uh, him just taking all these punches because of how much he cares about her and wants to pay for her physical treatment. Yeah, it's also, it is like, it's very, yeah. Like, like I agree with everything you said, but it is also like, the, like Andy Lau character of the movie. I'm kind of like confused why he doesn't just get with her earlier or something like well because he he's very set in the yeah. mode of just wanting to help her yeah, like yeah. He, he's just her buddy i like guess he i guess i can, help her. I'm, I'm too you're too focused I, on yeah, yeah. Too <laughs> chasing the pussy yeah, yeah i guess so but it's i don't know it seems it seems like it came to a, well why am i questioning a romantic comedy i'm yeah. a fucking idiot but he's uh, just being the nice guy until he can't anymore I mean, which it, you have to hold out till the it climax. just feels a little strange and there, maybe there maybe is a okay. point where they like do like i, I think in the midst of it and yeah. know that they're like they're for each other my favorite like uh scene in the entire film and i feel like again not like showy or particularly interesting in terms of cinematography but like shot selection and editing of the scene where they're on the roof mm-hmm. and um reenacting like what it's going to be like when she meets her piano playing ex-boyfriend again and he Andy Lau is sort of doing a stand in there and like the clo- He's in the ill-fitting suit too which is <laughs> exactly. very funny. The close-ups of that are like just so beautiful yeah. and perfect to me and the moment where they get that kiss like even though it's not all that visually showy or interesting the shots are like the perfect length mm-hmm. and just like mm-hmm. capture that moment of them like 
realizing that they're attracted to each other and like that they have kind of fallen in love that like I don't know. That really sells that for yeah, me in this absolutely. movie. Absolutely. That, that that's where the movie really starts to turn into the next gear and approaches just like really just Johnny Toe operating at very high levels of romantic comedy and just like dramatic filmmaking kind of. Um th- that rehearsal turning into reality that is then followed by the temptation that I, I described earlier that's played out as physical comedy is really great. Um but then she uh, reunites with her boyfriend, but then like goes in this omniscient editing bay that has like (laughs) one guy editing her boyfriend's reality TV show special. And so she sees footage of herself just then reuniting with her boyfriend gets bored. Here's the sound of uh, Andy Lau singing this song that he used to scream. Uh, there once was a warrior is the opening <laughs> lyric. <laughs> and just hearing that, you're like, oh, she hears him somewhere. Walks down the hall into the next editing suite where someone is cutting video of him fighting and it fades into just like a montage of him getting the shit kicked out of him, spouting blood all over the place one of the most magical like moments for me, it's the best moment of the movie uh, is this scene because you just see him have like the file open in premiere and stuff. And it's <laughs> like, you know, uh, the, the God of the movie, you know, reassembling the fate of the characters, but it's also just like, you know, it, it's a very silly movie in a lot of ways, but that scene really struck a chord with me and especially yeah. just the reverse shot from sinking into a computer screen, into a real montage Back to her just, like, weeping at it with her boyfriend over her shoulder. Uh, She doesn't even have to look at him. She just, she's out of there. No, I think you're right, Eddie, with, like, kind of, like, the back half of this movie being where it kicks into gear. And, yeah, there's just a lot, there's a a lot more savvy to everything. Because I think it kind of gets the fat jokes out of the way early. And then, like, yeah, you kind of, like, what you're talking about with the rehearsal scene. Like, yeah, a part of what makes that scene so great are just kind of, like, classic fundamentals and stuff. Like, something like... I don't know, like in terms of like scene construction or whatever, like him being worried about like the car getting the ticket and then the kiss happens and then you cut to the shot of like the, you know, the guy giving the ticket. Like it's just very like sleek and well done. And like, yeah, just very creative too. Like, I don't know, just like the toes going to places that, you know, most romantic comedies would not, you know, getting punched on the street for a living or like (laughs) just, uh, you know, changing your future in an editing bay you know it's kind of yeah. uh it's creative filmmaking and uh we get a nice little time gap after that when she leaves her boyfriend she doesn't go right back to him mm-hmm. and then we see andy lyle in his car as himself no more fat suit neither of the characters are in fat suits anymore what happened yeah. this, happened. this is I my thought, favorite movie yeah what is it? I, you know i thought it was gonna end with the controversial him being still fat and her already loving reformed. him anyway yeah, yeah, anyway so i was like hey that's a that's a good way to end a movie but apparently not says the <laughs> fat guy <laughs> no, sorry. no no i mean hey that's that was the joke there. <laughs> they see each other in traffic well she sees him first but there's an incredible moment where uh, she then turns around in traffic and uh, while they're heading the opposite way on the highway, Toe does a freeze frame and then cuts to another angle, replays it, does another freeze frame <laughs> at the moment where their cars pass each other on the highway. 
And it's just such an invigorating moment, just waiting for them to reunite. You know what's going to happen. And they reunite. They have their beautiful little moment together. Uh, a, a nice kiss to end a romantic comedy. Hey, uh, what else did you come here for, man? Uh, come on, man. Don't make fun of the kiss. No, no, no. no, no, no I'm what else did no, you come no, here for? I mean, no. you can't make fun of the kiss. No, That's yeah. what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's like... It's weird because it's like pretty standard romantic comedy fare, which I don't think is like a bad thing by any means. But it's that, but then also filled with like such weird like narrative points where it's like, oh, we're going to give you a tapeworm or diarrhea <laughs> or like acupuncture to like make you lose weight. And it's just, it goes into so many strange areas with like fat suit stuff mm-hmm. that I feel like. American fat suit comedies never went like it, it, it branches off into a lot of very weird directions that it's like they're not as visually interesting, but are just fascinating. Well, like some of the gags early on, like nothing like I don't know, of course, like the hanging herself bit and like there's something, you know, obviously very bleak about that where it's like thinking of other fat suit movies. Of course, they don't have like the tonal shifts of this i mean they weren't directed by johnny toe let's just be Mm -hmm. honest but like you're right like it is like the way this movie starts like it seemed like i don't know pretty severe fat humor you know what i mean fat suit humor and then it kind of evolves into you know something very sweet and i mean hey hey what are you gonna what are you gonna gonna do do? but love it like when when the fat guy team is all deciding to lose weight with them yeah it's like they're like little weird decisions i love (laughs) like one of them is like like wrapped in saran wrap (laughs) on his body just like they're weird a lot of strange outfits There, there are a lot like of strange details that come about uh, the more that you, or like the deeper you get into this film, you never really finish learning about this world. Kind yeah. of, yeah. No, it is, and it is like you know, it is kind of a, the more I think about it, it's just like a very strange movie. Uh, yeah. Like, like and like what I was saying, like um, you know, I thought Andy Lau was gonna remain fat because I was like, well, how is like how's this movie? Like it feels like this movie's about to end and he's not losing weight still. So I was like. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, it'll just—they just, just beat gap. the weight out. They of just him. beat yeah. the weight out of them. <laughs> you get punched enough, <laughs> enough times, they'll come out. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> So, Malcolm, yes, you like, I know JT picked this movie, yes. but you have a list about fat suit movies. Mm-hmm. JT, you picked the movie, The Fat Suit Comedy. Mm-hmm. Where where has it gone? Why did the why did it go the way of the buffalo? Is that the saying? The way of the buffalo? I think I've heard that, that sounds before. about right. Yeah, Are yeah. buffaloes extinct? Uh, not. Nah, there are less of them. Well, that's for sure. That can't be it. The way of the dodo. I like buffalo. The way I of the like buffalo. buffalo. The way, way of the buffalo. Sure, it sounds cool. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's the way I'm trying to go. But I guess I guess it was more optimistic. That would imply that there are some out there still. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. hey, uh, the there was the reboot. 
uh, of Enter the Fat Dragon, uh, the 2020 Enter the Fat Dragon with Donnie Yen in a fat suit. I, I think Tyler Perry has the fat suit game on lock. Right yeah. Now. I don't know if he's making any more Medea movies anytime soon, but that's kind of like the only use of the mainstream, you know, it's the one suit. current fat suit franchise. And Cause we had multiple franchises going between <laughs> Santa Claus, professor and clumps and whatnot. Uh, Austin powers, um, it's was just, there another franchise? It's funny because it's like obviously fat suit comedies stopped because everyone became woke, yeah. and it's like we can't <laughs> we can't just make fun of fat people anymore. And so it's just like they're just not going to be any movies mm. depicting fat people. Yeah, fat people are just gone now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At, least, at least we had a cool fat Andy Lau. You know what I mean? Now you know they're they're on. T- I think they're on TV. I think yeah. maybe they got some of that on TV. But uh, like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like. I literally do feel like I don't know. I might be wrong. That I feel like Norbit. People were kind of like reacted to Norbit in a way where like maybe we don't need to do this fat suit stuff <laughs> yeah. too much. Any, I feel like Norbit was kind of like the last big one. And then like I mean, Medea, she's wearing a fat suit, but like that's not even. I don't know. I don't think. I think I watched one of those movies back in the day, and I don't like. It's not all fat jokes. You know what I mean? It's not fat suit orientated. Whereas, mm. like, it, it is funny that they were making whole franchises where like there's also big mama's house that's what i was about to say the whole joke is just martin lawrence is a big fat woman big mama's house is the one movie i remember as a kid like remembering the the markers at the end of the reels seeing stuff projected in 35 millimeter at the multiplex uh very strange i just remember martin lawrence in big mama's house and those real markers and wondering what they were (laughs) i'm looking at like the cast like i didn't know that like um, Medea shows up in some of like Tyler Perry's serious movies, which is pretty funny. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so like, this is something I want to propose as like an idea, or like I feel like you see a trend of like sort of genre corrective type work from like Hollywood, where it's like they'll do like I, I, the the current thing that comes to mind is like Promising Young Woman, where mm-hmm. it's like sort of a I, I guess like a the woker version of like an exploitation revenge style yeah. thing. It's do you think there will ever so ever will be someone <laughs> woking the fat suit comedy? Like uh, I don't know what that like where it's like n- no empowering it, like or what, like a body positive type thing. I mean, I guess at that I point you would just have a fat person. That, well, that's what I was going to say. But it's, it's like they don't make those I, for like body positivity yeah. movies. It's like they don't I, I do like mainstream does not exist. Yeah, I mean, I guess the Amy Schumer movie or whatever, that was that was based essentially a body positivity movie, but that's not exactly what you're you know talking about. I, that's the thing. It's the representation is paramount now. So it's like um I, you know, if like if well it it depends right like like bale can play dick cheney you know he could put on put on some weight and be fake bald but in like mm-hmm. no one's act no one's cares in well that. if it's I a don't fat care. suit movie by a fat director then that's okay <laughs> oh okay yeah that's we need behind the camera telling the stories <laughs> yeah behind the camera it's important yeah. too yeah <laughs> no it's exactly are you doing you know fat face or are you including fat people in your movies that's that's really what it comes down to to some people who would poo poo at the idea uh, because yeah I think I think Christian Bale is actually a perfect example of like the the high low art dichotomy that the show is this show is kind of built on is like you know oh my god I can't believe he became like 
uh, he became as fat as like every other dude in America <laughs> is uh, to play the vice president, the ex vice president. Uh, what will he do next? Uh, <laughs> but the the fat suit movies totally looked down upon for that reason. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Norbit, I got to rewatch it. I know the fat suit was made by Rick Baker, special yeah. effects legend. It is a good uh, fat suit. And I think for that reason alone, I think I need to revisit Norbit. I mean, yeah, Norbit, Norbit's definitely worth a watch and not a bad movie. I just think the way... The reception that movie got and like mm. just I don't know the trailers alone too are pretty they're pretty <laughs> forthright. I feel like maybe people just saw that and they're like, Yeah, maybe you know, like you said, people are people are more woke nowadays. They're just like, I don't you know, there was also just five years of fat suit movies le- like leading up to Norbit. Like Fat Suit Fatigue. Yeah, fat suit <laughs> fatigue. Everyone's like, Why don't we get some some you know, uh, skinny looking people up on screen or something. <laughs> for <laughs> once. For yeah. once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, I think Shallow Hal is like the, I mean, as we've talked about before, it's like, I don't know, the perfect fat suit movie because it like, I mean, one, there's not a whole lot of fat suit yeah. necessarily in it, but like, I think it does walk that line perfectly of like doing like fat jokes but also like i don't know i don't know the closest thing to doing like body positivity stuff in a general way that doesn't feel condescending or like morally repugnant by like trying to like um i don't know well i I mean that's also why shallow house very great too it takes us a very complicated route to you know, making up a, a somewhat body positive fat suit movie, it's like you're gonna have to take interesting ways to get there. Um, yeah. Also, it's just like the critical reception is so fucking annoying. Like yeah. it's that that just makes me want to just think all of those movies are masterpieces. Exactly. No exactly. What. Like <laughs> Sc- Scott Tobias on Uh-oh. Norbit. Okay. For the AV Club. It probably isn't possible for a single movie to reverse all social progress made since the civil rights era, but Norbit, the latest broadside from Eddie Murphy, what is that does supposed its to best mean? to turn back the clock. I, I, I don't, that's uh, There's that, enough material here to add another hour to Spike Lee's reel of shame and bamboozled. I was going to say, what? that's kind of some harsh implications he's getting out there, Scott. Yeah. Dude, this is rough, man. This is just like, this is just... I mean, Scott Tobias. Come on, man. Come on. We're calling you out, dude. (laughs) Bitch of the week. (laughs) Scott Scott Tobias. For not liking Norbit. Yeah. It's just the the comment section from the AV Club from 2007 is fucking driving me crazy right now. You seen seen any legendary posters in there? Yeah, there's this one guy, John, who asks, are people more bothered by explicit slurs rather than offensive and regressive stereotypes, archetypes like the ones in Norbit? They say say slurs in Norbit, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah. People are people getting on it. Yeah. Please, Scott, go outright and admit you think black comedy is terrible and cannot be salvaged. Go <laughs> off, dude. Go oh, off. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Damn. These people are going for him. Dude. Yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, man, this rules. Oh, man, he's just responding to every comment, too, and his last his last comment is, and they say I have an easy job. Ha! <laughs> you just don't have to oh. reply. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, close the book 
on fat suit comedy for this week only. Okay. And forever. I think they have a future. I think we do Norbit on the pod at some point. Of Absolutely, course. Yeah. And I'm sorry for just like reading Scott Tobias while you guys were talking. <laughs> no, it's, I, it's I, got, I got heated there. <laughs> <laughs> I kept it in my head. I didn't say anything inflammatory on the podcast. I, I mean, I probably it's did. On, we could, it's paywalled. You could say as much inflammatory <laughs> shit anything. as you want. Eddie. We're giving you opportunity right now to say the worst thing possible that you want to say. I'm going About to Scott make, Tobias. I, I'm going to make a list. <laughs> Damn. Of everyone who reviewed Norbit negatively. <laughs> <laughs> I I've said it before Santa on this mode. podcast. I went to that film on opening night for my friend's birthday. Mm-hmm. Jake I shouldn't say his last name, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> Jake Norbit. <laughs> Let's just say it was Jake Norbit. <laughs> and uh, we went to uh, Benny Hanna. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds like a good night. Yeah, his parents were pretty well off. They could take like 10 kids to the movies and to like a middle class restaurant. Like, that's, not, that's, that's all I want, man. That's all I, I want. Just want yeah, let's go. Let's uh, let's watch Norbit after this and go to Benny Hanna. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>